Hi everyone, this is Waylena, and I'm here to talk about free and open source software for planetarium content production and other immersive environments. Welcome to Fosdome. I want everyone to know that show notes can be found on my blog, fosdome.com. I'll make sure to leave links for any software or tutorials mentioned in the episode. And if you like this episode and you want to hear more like this, make sure to subscribe and rate in your podcast listening software of choice. Today is Sunday, May 23rd, 2021, and this is episode 11, free and open source software for video editing. So what have I been up to lately? Well, my planetarium is still closed to public and groups from outside the college, and I am still working for another department in the college. As of this past week, we still have no word on when we might get to reopen, but we are to remain closed at least through June and July. I'm hoping that when we do get permission to reopen, that we'll have time and resources to get our staffing up to strength, because there is no way that we could support our traditional programming schedule with the staff that we have left. You know, it's been exciting of late to see a lot of planetarium job postings out there, and not just part-time positions either. It's also been nice to see several domes getting upgraded or new systems. One of our neighboring domes, the Dome Planetarium at the Peoria Riverfront Museum, has just completed their installation of a Digistar 7 system. Now, I really enjoyed our Digistar 4 and our Digistar 6 when we upgraded in 2018. Hopefully, I can get some time in my planetarium dome this week to perform some much-needed maintenance. And I'm hoping that this summer I can make a trip or two to Peoria. That museum is wonderful, and so is the Dome Planetarium. I love it. So if you are in the central Illinois area, be sure to check it out. And now on to this week's episode, episode 11, FOSS for Video Editing. So I was going to do an episode more on audio. That's how it started out, but I'll save that for later. Although some of that may bleed into this a little bit. I I don't know, we'll see where this goes. Uh, Because of course, video without audio is really missing half the picture. I mean, figuratively, of course, but you know what I mean. Anyway, wow, my fan noise stopped on my computer. It's very warm. It feels like summer is finally upon us and my uh, air conditioning isn't keeping up very well. So the computer fan will pop on for longer periods of time. The the noisier fan, the, the... Not the fans that kick on just when I'm running the graphics card for rendering, but the general fan that pops on for the temperature overall. So uh, yeah, it, it, it comes and goes. Sorry about that. Anyway, my reason for focusing on audio uh, lately is because I've been following a YouTuber named Unfa 
who is a music producer and sound designer who uses only open source software and Linux for the operating system. Some of the tools he uses are only available for Linux, but most are available for Windows and Mac as well. I myself switch back and forth a lot between Linux and Windows. So I appreciate software that I can use both, um, well, on both platforms, especially if I can work on the same files and just move the files back and forth. Uh, suddenly I'm having a college flashback to the early 1990s when I saved all of my written documents in at least three different formats, like the native format of the application, then a rich text format, if I needed to use the MacLab, um, uh, which actually, no, they were, it wasn't even, it wasn't even really Mac at that time. It was, they were, they were still apples before it was Macs. Oh my gosh, that was such a long time ago. Well, in any case, um, also plain text and the plain text was in case I needed to do something like inserting my paragraphs into a LaTeX template to then compile for printing. And that was done on an old VT terminal. Ah, ah. okay. It's okay. It's subsided. I'm feeling much better now. So I stumbled on, uh, I stumbled upon a video from Unfa that was from 2020 where he expanded on a segment he recorded for another YouTuber called Tech Hut for his video, 10 must have Linux applications for content creators. And that video put me back more into the headspace for video editing and compositing and not so much into the audio. So in Tech Hut's video, there are several applications listed for various aspects of content creation of the applications mentioned. Most are free. Most are open source and most are also available for Windows as well as Linux. Actually looking at it again, I think all of them now have Windows versions. One of them, VocoScreen, um, I actually talked about that on my blog in I think 2019. And I don't know that it had a Windows version then, but it does now. So that's pretty cool because that is great for screen recording, um, especially if you're trying to capture something that uh, maybe OBS is struggling with capturing. So um, VocoScreen, I wasn't going to talk about VocoScreen, but yeah, that's, that's a good one. I better make a note here to put that in the notes because I didn't have that written down to talk about. All right. So uh, let's see. Another thing on that list of uh, in Tech Cuts video um, Ardor is an open source audio package, but it is not free for the pre-compiled version. Now I know on um, my Linux machine that I haven't updated in a while. Um, I mean, I update all the software, but I haven't updated to the newer version of uh, the operating system. So it's an older version of Ardor and it is, um, it, it's free through the repositories on that. But um, yeah, I need to up, I need to upgrade everything because I need to try the newer Ardor because uh, I think it would be worth paying for to have it on Windows. But I, I said this wasn't going to be about audio software. It's going to be about video. Okay, so on that list in TechCut's video, um, another of the packages is DaVinci Resolve, and that is video editing and in compositing to some extent. It is free, but not open source. Now, it might be that the commercial version, um, the paid version, I should say, is 
can do higher resolutions for, let's say, you know, 4K by 4K for full dome, but the uh, free version is, is not. Um, so I haven't been trying that much. Although, honestly, DaVinci Resolve seems to be a great free alternative overall to the Adobe products for regular video. Um, you know, I should put in a disclaimer here that although I am a free and open source software fan through and through, I am not against commercial software, not in any way. In fact, my husband works for a, a company that produces an outstanding commercial software product. And when I'm in my planetarium, I'm running commercial planetarium software, uh, Digistar from Evans and Sutherland. So I don't have anything against commercial software, not at all. Okay, so uh, yes, what was I saying? Yes, so even though DaVinci Resolve is a free version of a larger commercial package, you may still want to check it out. Um, now for uh, for the 4096 by 4096 full dome video, I haven't been doing much with that because uh, I've not been working in the planetarium just a little bit here and there. So when I do, um, I go back to what I had been using, uh, which was the is the video editor built into Blender, the video sequence editor. I still call it the video sequence editor. That's uh, what it used to be called. Now it just says video editor on that tab. But um, I still use it. I'm familiar with it, and it's it's pretty powerful, and uh, it just it works. So that's been that's been great, and. Um, I may try some other tools as soon as I'm back in the planetarium and caught up on all of those things that I'll need to catch up on. Um, but let me go ahead and talk about them a little bit. So back to the story in Tech Cut's video, um, he does talk about DaVinci Resolve and he also talks about the open source software Kden Live. And Kden Live is one of the ones that is now on my list that I'm going to try working with more. Kden Live stands for KDE Nonlinear Video Editor. Now, in my head, I still pronounce it as KDE N Live, but I'm training myself to call it Kden Live now that I've been hearing people talk about it. As I mentioned a few episodes ago when I was talking about K-Stars, uh, KDE started out as a desktop environment, so many apps were developed using the graphical framework libraries from that environment. And now uh, it still has the environment, but it's also a it's also become more of a development community. Now, I had tried Kden Live years ago and it oh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was awkward and there was no documentation that I could find. And unlike other awkward programs that I embraced because I was able to make them do all sorts of amazing things, no, it kept crashing like all the time. Uh, but you know what? That would have been 12 or 15 years ago. I know, right? Yeah. So because once I got started using Blender, I didn't have a reason to reach out looking for these other apps. So thinking back, yes, that would have been probably closer to 15 years ago. Uh, so I am giving it another try. And I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. The layout is closer to what we've all come to expect from other applications. 
Um, the, uh, the basic effects of available seem to work as expected. Uh, the transforms, the opacities, and the keyframing works. Not, not like I'm used to in, say, Blender, but more like when I'm using um, After Effects when I'm at work on, on one of those machines. It doesn't choke on the MKV file format that I sometimes use for screen recording. Nice. And it lets me keyframe audio volume. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm looking forward to this. Now, I don't have any actual full dome footage to test out. But the software is letting me set up a project with 4096 by 4096 and square pixels. Okay, so that's promising. Oh, oh, I do have some 2080, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, 2880 by 2880 uh, footage from my PixPro. So it likes that. Okay, that's promising. So it works on Linux and Windows, and it has this potential. Okay, I believe, yes, I'm going to, uh, yes, Caden Live gets to stay, and I will try working with it more often. Now, the software that I have been using for the last um, year or so for flat video is OpenShot Video Editor. And, and this is something, you, you might want to give it a try if it's not something, if you're just looking for something to edit, you know, for YouTube or something. There are some nice built-in transitions that are drag and drop, making it seem friendlier at first. And that is what prompted me to give it a try um, on an older Linux box a few years ago. And then in the shutdowns, and I was using my Linux box, and... I had to then move for a while to a Windows machine while I fixed the Linux box after it caught fire. And well, now I'm using going back and forth between a, a Windows and um, a, a new and improved Linux box. So um, it's nice that it's it works on both of them. So that's that's been good. Okay, so it has been a solid performer for me, but the keyframing isn't obvious. Uh, I mean, it's done by placing the scrubber at a time you want and then changing the property in the properties panel. Good so far, but um, I find that I have to set a marker also for on the timeline because the timeline navigation lets me jump around from marker to marker, but not from keyframe to keyframe, at least not that I found. I mean, if it if it may be, I mean, if, if you use OpenShot Video Editor and you're, you're listening to this going, man, that woman does not know what she's talking about on that editor, uh, go ahead and drop me a line and set me straight on that. Um, you know, usually I don't have time to do the deep dive on it because I'm, I've got a deadline to get a video posted, that sort of thing. Now, it is nice that the keyframes will move with a clip, so that's kind of fun if I'm moving the media clip around, um, so that's that's good. I have used it for a few projects during lockdown, and one nice thing is that um, it is set up to be able to work with Blender and Inkscape for, say, title work, so that's been kind of a neat thing. Um, let's see, next up, like uh, Caden Live, a piece of software that was on my radar and is now on my radar again is Shotcut. I'm not sure why it fell off my radar. I remember once upon a time um, installing Shotcut and OpenShot about the same time, trying them both out and then going with OpenShot for the clips that I needed to do. So I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it was crashing a lot. In fact, I want to say that might have been the case. 
Um, but the software's been around since the mid-2000s, and you know what? Trying the current version, I am liking it. It's allowing me to create a 4096 by 4096 project. Okay, so I'll definitely be trying this as I go forward. Um, yeah, I don't have the full K4 full dome footage handy, but, but the, uh, the Pix Pro footage. Okay. That's good. Ooh, 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 ooh. It looks like it has, it has some tools for, it has some filters for 360. Okay. Um, trying some rectangular footage I have from stitching two Pix Pro, um, clips together and Ooh, Ooh, it likes it. It likes it. Okay. So shortcut. I'm trying not to make too much noise clicking the mouse here. Uh, so shortcut is staying on my list. Okay. So I will be checking that out some more and yes, windows and Linux for sure. Okay. I, I feel bad. I'm leaving. I'm always leaving Mac people out, but I don't have any Macs to experiment with Mac friends, you know, definitely drop me a line. If there's something that you want me to talk about that I didn't because it was, um, excluded from the Mac side of things. So, um, let's see. I, uh, I already mentioned that I am still mostly using Blender for my heavier video work, although I haven't been doing full dome stuff. But you know what? I also use Blender for its um, built-in compositing tools. I do occasionally dabble in another piece of software, node-based compositor called Natron. And uh, Natron is uh, modeled heavily after the, um, uh, the software called Nuke, which is a commercial node-based compositing program. Natron is becoming a force to be reckoned with, and I do see it becoming a larger part of my workflow in the future. Uh, but this was supposed to be more about editing than compositing, but still I couldn't resist uh, getting a mention of it in there. Okay, so Blender will be my full dome editing go-to still for some time, but for flat video, I think I'm gonna start working more with Caden Live and Shotcut so I can get familiar with them and then start trying the full dome uh, in them to see how it handles. And um, I may have to keep jumping back to Blender to uh, meet deadlines if, if I'm lagging behind in the learning curve on the other software. But I think these two, I think Caden Live and Shotcut are well worth the investment of my time in getting better at using them. And then, then once I'm more familiar with using them, I'll have a better sense of what actually isn't working right or what I'm trying to do that's not intended. So I'll have a better sense of what needs to be requested as a feature rather than criticized as something that doesn't work. So I think I'll pull back from using OpenShot for flat video since it doesn't help me with the more immersive work and the workflow is a lot different from these other tools. Now, any of these tools are great for making and editing flat video and there are cloud-based tools out there now, all kinds of great stuff. Um, yeah, any of them would work, but I'm gonna stick with the 
stick with Blender for the higher resolution stuff, um, in part because it's more familiar to me, but mostly because I know that it reliably handles the resolutions that I need and it is, it is quite stable, even though it can feel a little slow at times, depending on which machine that I'm on. But the same would be said for any software. Sadly, we still have a ways to go for video editing and compositing for full dome video, but seeing all of the development that is coming along for, um, for the echo rectangular stuff, I think that will translate nicely into the full dome world. Um, yeah, I, I would love to work almost entirely in echo rectangular and then just take the full dome that I need from it. I think that's um, a great way to go if you've got the bandwidth and the hard drive space for sure. So that does it for this week's show. It's been fun. We should do this again next week. Be sure to check out the show notes on my blog, fosdome.com. Till next time, be well, be creative, and be free. Be FOSS. <laughs>